Hey guys, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that Surewinder is still selling amazing products. Some of you guys have been dragging your feet for whatever reason. If your shoulder hurts, do not waste time. Pull the trigger. I just bought uh, four or five of them and uh, we had two guys out. You know how much it cost me to pay for two guys being out with bad shoulders? We just pulled the trigger and we said, listen, everybody's going to have one on a truck. It's mandatory. You got to use it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till your guys go down. It's going to cost you more. Buy a Surewinder. It's not every day someone invents something that changes the game. I found out about this product that I'm talking to you about uh, and I had to try it. So I ordered a few and after using it, I'm sold. Now we stock them on our trucks. It's called Allbrace and it will help you sell more service and buy you time until doors come in. There's never been a greater time for a product like this. Phil has a video on his website of him cutting a door literally in half, installing the Allbrace and running it like nothing ever happened. It is literally incredible. One of the greatest selling videos I've ever seen. You're going to want to check it out at all-brace.com. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Ryan, your host, Torch and Talk Podcast. Today, we're doing things a little bit different. So for me, my boxes are getting mixed up. I'm usually like in one box for my marketing agency and then in another box for my door company. And today, I'm like smushing the boxes together. This is really different for me. And so I'm going to try to, um, one thing that I'm trying to do right now is kind of pull back the curtain on things. And hopefully my goal is for me to improve as, uh, as a leader, uh, my team to improve as leaders and for us to get a better understanding of our employees, uh, employees in general and, how we can make the experience better for them because ultimately they're the champions that go out in the face of the company. And so while you're trying to create championing champions, it's important that you know the good, the bad, the ugly, and you have honest, truthful conversations with people in your organization. So today I've got three people with me. I got Josh who's, uh, no, he's been here before. So say hello. Morning. Morning. We got Tisha. This is her first time on the podcast. Tisha's um, wears like 10 hats for Aaron Overhead Doors. She's been with me the longest. Uh, Tisha is amazing. And one of the things that I love about Tisha is she's a human first. And she understands that other people are humans first. And it's hard to find that in people, in in employers. And so uh, she's in charge of... I would just call it, I change the name of it every time, human happiness. Because keeping our employees happy is extremely important to me. And uh, she does a really good job of having a radar and being able to be like, hey, guys, we got to pay attention to this. Or, hey, this person looks like, you know, we need to talk to them and just check on them and see how they're doing. And, she manages bringing the cards in for the anniversaries and the birthdays and having everybody sign them and just all the little details that are kind of tedious, but make a huge difference in the environment of our culture. And so she's here to chat with us today, but the star of the show today, honestly, for me is, uh, we brought Joe on and Joe's been with us 
for a short while, not too long. How long have you been with us? I think seven, seven or eight months. Seven or eight months. And uh, Joe and I, Joe was referred to me, and uh, we jumped on a call. And we had some differences on our first call. Like, you know, we talked about our company, and he talked about what he wants, and, and, and we they didn't line up perfectly. But I think we both did want the same things. We just didn't know how to communicate it. And so um, eventually we kind of came to terms. And, and keep in mind, Joe's got how many years' experience? 18 years experience. So he's been in the game longer than Josh, me, Tisha. And so um, you take all of our years combined and we're a little over, over Joe. So there's a lot we can learn from Joe um, as an organization because he's been around the block. Um, But today I want to spend just a little bit of time talking to Joe uh, and asking him what, and, and I told him before the show, listen, don't hold back. Like you can share whatever. You're not going to get in trouble. This isn't, um, this isn't like a, uh, let's make Aaron overhead doors look good episode. This is like, this is, what do you like? What are you looking for in an employer and more in general? And then like, uh, if we could spend some time talking about Aaron overhead doors, that's fine. But, um, I, uh, I found that, um, and I don't want to get into too much of like the past, but, um, I know like a lot of times when I hire experienced people, they come in a little bit gun shy that like ready to pull the trigger and just like dip. And, um, I feel like, and I've said this before, a lot of leaders or owners in garage door companies came from technician and owners are technicians and installers. And they learned how to lead people from the bosses they had who had no leadership training and was an installer or technician previously. So you have this like evolution of like passing on bad management or leadership. Um, And so uh, I think he's experienced some of that. I don't want to spend a lot of time in that area, but I do want to just establish kind of where we were at when he came on board and then uh, where he's at now and going forward. And so, Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. So Joe does service for us, um, and he has uh, he has taught me so much and stretched me as a human, as a leader, um, and I love that. Like, I love employees who come in and challenge things in a positive way. Is that something that you've always done? at companies where you kind of challenge things and uh, helped the leadership or, you know, whatever evolve into a better place? I've tried. <laughs> most, most people aren't as open as you are as far as accepting advice. They're set in their ways. That's how it's worked since 1940. That's how we do it. But Yeah, talking to the mic a little bit more. You're you're more open to it, so it was easier to help out. Yeah. So when you came on board, what was your head like the first, let's say the first week, where you, I, I kind of feel like you were testing the waters, like is this legit or whatever, but what, what, what was going through your head? What did Def- you feel? Definitely from our phone call for the first three, four weeks, 
everything sounded too good to be true. Um, I came in, like you said, with the mentality of other companies trying to get over on their employees and, and uh, took a while to get on board with you take care of your employees. And um, What does that mean to you, take care of your employees? What does that define that for you? Because I think that's different for a lot of people. Um, just making sure that on a daily basis, everything's good. You're happy. What changes can you make or we make? Um, the positivity, the desire and happiness to see your employees. Um, you know, the one thing that I'm kind of surprised Joe didn't say money. I mean, I I think that's part of it, right? But you never even mentioned that in that group of things. Well, out the gate, you're always worried about that. I went through a rough time with you on that, but over the last six months, it's been, Ryan's going to take care of his employees. So I don't, I don't trip too much on the money. That's good. And I think that like, but, but what I want to like just point out is, is that when new employees come on board, I think it's important to listen to them. I think too many times we try to shove them down the same path as everybody else, right? And uh, one thing that I think Josh does very well, Tisha does very well, and Brent, our commercial manager, and myself, is that we're so open to listen. And I think employees a lot of times feel like, they don't feel heard, right? They don't feel listened to. And I think um, there's times where we do better job of that than others. But at the same time, I think we do a pretty good job as a whole of doing that. So um, what what are things that you feel like now, you've been with us for a while, let's say seven months, six months, whatever it is, what do you feel like um, – Like what, what's, I guess, give me some, some information on that was the beginning, how you felt when you first came on board. What is it like for you? You tell me a lot. Like I get text messages from you a lot, emails. Um, What makes you so grateful to be here? Because you're constantly like, I hear Josh tell me like, we love it, right? Like we can't get enough of it. Uh, it it means a lot that we work so hard to try to create a work environment where people love to come to work and you give us like, I feel like you're kind of like the leader amongst the team also, but what, what gives you the motivation to be so grateful about your job and want to tell us uh, the environment, explain the, the environment the culture that you said, the positivity, um, a lot of people in my family have noticed we seem very positive over the negative things in life. And I just explained to them, the team I work for is one of a kind. Um, they look at everything as a glass half full. They find the positive. They do what they got to do to turn it around and make it positive. Um, the lack of micromanagement, the lack of negativity makes you want to go to work, makes you want to be happy at work, makes you perform better at work. So he hit on something that I think I talked about on another podcast is 
You have. You all right? I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> so you have uh, one of the things that you have is micromanagement um, that really can make people feel like they're not doing well. And then you have uh, a term that I've tried to adopt, which is inspect what you expect. And that's different, right? So um, I think that when you hire new people or you like uh, fresh, like green peas that have no experience in our industry, that's where a lot of people are going. And I saw just a thread earlier on Facebook about, you know, not hiring like they're over hiring experienced people because they have bad habits and they bring them in. There's like a whole thread and everybody's like, yeah, me too, me too, me too. And we've kind of adopted that same thing. Uh, but when we met Joe, it was kind of like, wow, this guy's easy to talk to. And, um, you know, we set some expectations. Anytime you hire what I consider to be like all stars for your company, um, you still have to set boundaries. You still have to have um, structure and organization because a lot of people thrive in that. If you don't have the structure and organization, which Josh and Tisha has done a great job of helping me create that structure and organization internally. Um, and so when you have that, it helps people. And you have the SOPs and you have the expectations and the accountability. Joe came in. And like many, I guess, kind of like alpha males, right, and, and people with a ton of experience tested some boundaries. And this is normal. Like, we talked about this the other day. Like, all great employees test boundaries. Absolutely. And if they're not, you're kind of like, what are they doing, right? And so um, I love that you came in, tested the boundaries, and we were able to have a conversation and be like, hey, listen, this is the way we do it. And you're like, Hey, we could do it better this way. And then Josh and I are like, Hmm. Okay. And there's some things that we're like, you're right. We should be probably doing it that way. And we change them. And then there's things that we do that we're like, nah, we'll keep it this way. And what's cool about that is, is you've been very cool about us taking some suggestions and not others. How, how do you like, how do you feel when we don't accept one of your suggestions? How does that make you feel? Pisses me off. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I'm just kidding. Um, Being a Marine, you got to be adaptable. So I've told, like I told you, your company, you know, we're going to do it your way. I'm going to throw suggestions to you. You take them or leave them. That's kind of how I've always been. Um, if there's ways that I can do things to prove, okay, see, this does work. Uh, more than three options. Um, just different things that yeah, you have to have the trust in your technicians to make that call. Um, but it's not, nothing yet has come up so detrimental that I have to go home and hit my punching bag. <laughs> we have a punch have, back here too. I don't so. have any pictures of you guys on my bag or nothing. That's so. good. But the no, I mean the way the company runs is is very smooth and it's not for everybody. Yeah, um, it's I definitely agree. for me. Um, 
with the new guys, the micromanagement, yeah, you got to do a little bit more, stay on top of them, but that's that's normal. But um, you said when I came in, you gave me a long leash. I think I proved. Yeah, you uh, did. I'll do you right. Um, that was that's really big on me. It's one of the reasons I got out of the military is because of micromanagement. The previous company, too much micromanagement. Yeah. Um, technician to me is somebody that can do start to finish, morning to, to night. Needs minimal help from the office. Um, and when you do need help, everybody, Tish, Josh, Brent, Brian, everybody's there. So. Um, One thing I think is cool that um, is a quality that I had never really tried to look for in people is he keeps his truck like meticulously clean. And he's almost like, huh? If it's not raining. (laughs) Yeah. He is like, uh, he likes to make it his own, right? Like he's like, this is my office. Can I hang up like pictures and, you know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of his mentality. So he kind of makes the truck his own and um, he's, you know, given us some pointers on ways to, to stock it and, and um, build it out. And so uh, we trust him fully with his experience to be able to guide us in certain areas. And, um, and I think that trust is, is good. And then when you got to have conversations that are tough, one thing that I love about Joe is he doesn't like fly off and get angry when you tell him something that maybe you didn't love as much. Right. And, and that is, he's teachable. He's willing to learn or willing to get better. And when you bring up like, Hey, I found this new, I found this new part. I, you know, I want you to check it out. He gets so excited, right? Like, I mean, the thing about Joe is, is that he's been doing this for 18 years. How many 18 year old, how many 18 year vets do you find? I don't need to pump up too much. He's going to start getting phone calls uh, from people all over the country. But how many 18 year vets do you find who are looking for uh, better products, higher quality stuff um, and get excited when you like buy a new, like better something than before? I mean, it's just super rare and it's hard to find that in, uh, in people. And you have a, like a unique mixture of the ability to like, I wouldn't even call it sales, but I guess it is sales, sales and service. So, um, I know I don't sell. There you go. I don't sell. <laughs> do not what sell. What do you call it? I upgrade. Okay. I just simply make your garage door better than what it is. There you go. If you allow me. <laughs> and this dude gets so many reviews. Um, I've not had one customer complain about his work. And um, as a matter of fact, we have people who brag about him all the time. And so uh, it's amazing what what he's contributed to the changes here. And as a management team or leadership team at your place, you know, you, I think it's important that you do ask questions and you do work to get better. And uh, one of the things that I think service people might be growing tired of, which is something that I learned with Joe, is you're offering the same products, the same packages, the same stuff 
year in and year out. And, and that can grow a little old on people. And so give salespeople an opportunity to get excited about something. And, you know, I, I found uh, someone recommended um, like sealed bearings. This is just an example, right? And we don't use them all the time, but you can take, uh, I found some sealed bearings online. I bought them. And because I didn't know if I could trust them or not, I cut one open with a grinder. And, you know, I was like, let's open this thing up and just see if it's legit. And like, and it was nice, you know, they had the, uh, the caged bearings, so they weren't rubbing up on each other and they were lubricated really well. And, um, but they're sealed. So you don't have to worry about, you know, dust getting in. And, um, you know, I'm curious long-term, like what that looks like, but I'm really excited about them. And then you find some like really cool rollers and, you know, hinges. Like I love the stealth hardware and you start like looking at all these things and you're like, wow, this is like head and shoulders above like a lot of what a lot of people are doing right now. And, um, a lot of people love that stuff. You put it on their door and, but it, the excitement has to come from you in the field. You know, like if you're presenting something and you're excited about it, people are going to buy into that. You know what I'm saying? So going back to what you said a minute ago, uh, complacency, you get complacent. I don't like to get complacent. I like to find new ways, new, new upgrading tactics, new product, new anything that'll put us five steps ahead of the competition. Um, new new methods of explaining stuff to customers. Always always got to learn something new every day. If you think you know everything, you don't. I know a lot, but I don't know everything. So the dumbest people are the people who think they know everything. Yeah. So if you get complacent, that's where you stop. That's where you just kind of get in that rut. Yeah. Y'all got anything? Well, just talking about the training and everything. I I remember we did the training. Joe's like there with his notebook. He's taking notes, learning. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's you're always like you're trying to learn, and I think that a lot of that goes a long ways toward the culture, and other people see it as well. The other employees and team. Yeah, I think when you're in a room and training, training. We talking about training, y'all. Mm-hmm. Remember, yeah. Allen Iverson. For those of you guys who aren't basketball fans, <laughs> he was talking about the media was asking him uh, why he didn't show up to practice. He's like, "Practice? We talking about practice, y'all? Not a game. Practice." So we're in training. Joe's Joe knows more than most of the people in the room, if not combined. And he's got a notepad and a pencil or a pen taking notes. I think that was a freaking great addition. Like, how hungry are you as a service guy or as an employer? How hungry are you to learn from your service people? Vice versa. It works both ways. And and if, if your service people, I think if they see you working hard to get better and always trying to learn, they're going to work hard to get better and always learn. So I think you set the example as leadership. So that was a good point, Tisha. Yeah, anything, Joe? Yeah, yeah, like you just said, when they, when your your team members see you putting in the effort, they want to put in the effort. They're like, oh, okay, this isn't just cliche. This isn't we haven't arrived. Like we can keep going. Right. When you got the most senior guy in the room continuing to learn, it's like, oh shit, I've only been doing this four years or nine years. He's been doing it eighteen, and he's still taking notes. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. So it makes you think about yourself, and then. uh couple of things he pointed out that I feel like Joe's a really good example of is when you have a bad past, as far as employers, you build a wall. 
Like you build this wall because yeah. you're like, nope, I've been screwed too many times. So it's on us to find out what built that wall. Like what's what's the brick and mortar made out of? What are the what are the pain points? And chip away at it. And uh, I think it's worked with Joe. I think we've got your wall um, down a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah def- definitely came in with a wall. Yeah. Uh, usually on money. We had our issues with money. and um, But you see the same thing from each company. Some on a different level. So for me, especially from the previous employee I came from, they were on an extreme level. Uh, so when you see those examples, that's not the right word. You're looking for triggers. Like yeah, you're when you see about. something in common, you're like, oh, here we go again. Yep. You know, and then you got to fight, and I'm a fighter. Anybody that knows me knows that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I put my wall up, but no, my wall came down probably six months ago. I got full trust in Ryan, full trust in Josh, full trust in Tish. Um, and I'm a very, very hard person for me to trust people and let people in and I'm selective of who's in my house. I'm selective of who I let around my family. Um, and the love I have for, for each one of you is blowing me away, blows my wife away, my, my parents. Like, we've never seen you care so much about anybody, any human. Dogs, just different. <laughs> yeah, but dogs are easy. Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing, right, is that um, – I think on the flip side is that we're going to let you down eventually at some point. Right. I mean, there's always going to be, we're human. Like we want it. We always want to improve and get better, but as humans, you're going to let us down. We're going to let you down. But the key is to work through it together. Right. Like be like, Oh man. All right, Joe, I see that. I'm sorry. Like, I believe I already let you down. We've, I think we've all let each other down. We've gotten through it. That's what makes it a solid team. And I, I think that employers and employees sometimes don't have that open communication that is so important when it comes to that. It's like, uh, as an employer, I get frustrated when I feel like people aren't telling me what's going on, mm-hmm. right? Like, Tish has seen that. I get, I just get, if something's happening and I don't know about it, I get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Like, that's important about culture or employees or whatever, Um but I don't want to be like involved in every little detail. I just want to know that everything's going good. And if it's not, and like the team needs help, just raise your hand and let me help out any way I can. And so I think that like that open communication, you know, Joe and I, we had a conversation not too long ago. He's like, bro, if, and this was like in the beginning, he said, if I'm doing something wrong, just tell me. Just tell me. And that's like, I'm the same way. If I'm doing something wrong, just tell me. And I feel like there's so many like managers who feel cornered a lot of times or owners. Consistency in everything, including price, reliability, quality, not just quality, but great quality control. These are things that describe Summer USA. Somer's not some startup company, not one that you need to be worried about going out of business in the near future. Somer's a 
Somer and their family of businesses are $200 million companies. They're in over 100 countries, and they have locations in 20 countries. This is a large organization who stands behind their product and works through integrity. And there's not another company out there willing to drop what they're doing and help you out like Somer. These guys are awesome. Not only have they been loyal to the Torsion Talk podcast, they've been loyal to the technicians and the owners of the companies who install their product. In my opinion, if you're not at least offering Somer as an additional option, you're cheating yourself. Listen, first-time dealers, I've got a special for you. If you buy 10 or more Somers between now and the end of the season six, while supplies last, we will offer you free shipping. You have no more excuses. The prices are great. The product is amazing. Go check out Somer USA and order 10 for free shipping. I'm going to tell you guys a marketing secret. You want to gain more social media likes, shares, and follows? People love unique and cool projects. There are no better photos to share than the ones on Schweiss Doors social accounts. These guys post some incredible things. Make sure to go there and like and share their Facebook and Instagram post with your business account. So if you like their business account, you can share their uh, their post. The Bifold Doors are awesome. And they're doing some great projects that will go viral on social media if you share them. Go right now to Schweiss Door on Facebook and check out some of the projects they share and like their page. Oh, and don't forget, no one builds a better bifold than Schweiss, who feel cornered a lot of times and don't want to bring up the negative because they're so afraid that it's going to create division or the employee's going to quit. Um, but it's all in how you handle it, right? And, and those... Those skills are not easy to come by, but if you sit down calmly, it's hard because you're so passionate about your business, right? So it's it's easy to uh, release anger when you're so passionate about something. And so I, I I think that when you maybe give it time, but then like you as an owner, you can't give it too much time either because then you're like, ah, oh, it's over. Like, you know, it's too late to talk about it. And you find all these excuses why not to have the conversation. But then what happens is, is that you just sweep it under the rug. And eventually it just starts like overflowing and you get in a position where it's like it's about to pop. And then it gets ugly. On the flip side, uh, you cannot, your typical management style is negative, 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 negative. You have to have positive. Nobody very seldomly in this industry says, hey, you did a great job. Hey, thanks for everything you're doing. That goes a long ways. As far as telling me if I'm doing something wrong, nobody, to me, that's a basic leadership. You have to be able to tell people. Otherwise, if you just keep letting it go, they don't know that you're doing anything wrong. To right. me, it seems like common sense. You're helping so them not, be complacent in that. Yeah. Correct. It's not negative. It's just like, hey, this is wrong. Oh, okay. I didn't know. So many companies, it seems like the only time management gets involved is when they're bringing up something that's wrong or you're having a review and the only thing they're going over is what's wrong. Um, I think when we started, we were a small company, you know, four employees and we're growing. 
And the challenge, I believe, in any company is to keep it at that level where it's the constant communication and the openness. And the bigger you get in some companies, I think that can get lost sometimes. And I think that's a challenge we need to keep aiming for. Well, what I've noticed, successful companies through and through are owners like Ryan and Josh that are on your level. They don't talk down. You don't Mm -hmm. talk down to us. You don't think you're above us. You don't. You know, you're equal. Like, I'm here to help you. If I need help, I'm going to ask you. We all have the same goal, though, right? Like, that's, I think, why we act the way we do is because we're all all here Monday through Friday, some Saturdays, trying to accomplish the same goal. So no one person can do it alone. Like, I know Josh and I don't want to do it alone. (laughs) We've gotten fat and happy, I think, in the offices. So we've got to find people who are, who love being in the truck and doing what they do. And, and, you know, that's you. And we understand the value that you bring is equal to the value that we bring. And I think that makes a big difference. Well, that mentality helps employees a lot. I know I've still in touch with a few employees from other companies, and that's a big gripe that they have is all they care about is the money. They don't talk to us as humans. They don't care about our families, our lives. You know, they That's just run you in the ground. A lot of managers and owners and leadership teams, they think they're in that role because they know it all. Like, I've got this. That's why yeah. I'm in this position. And if you don't realize real quick that if the top guy, on the, the highest paid guy, doesn't realize that he can probably learn something from the lowest paid guy, he's insane. Yeah. Because if you're not listening to the guys on your team, you're – you're becoming complacent yourself. You're doing exactly what you don't want them to do. Yeah. I worked for, uh, I told you guys before I worked for a software company and, um, I learned a lesson a lot by watching my CEO. He's a wonderful person. Just, I need to probably bring him on the show one day. Um, this dude has taught me so much about leadership and, um, keeping like an, a level head trying to, and, um, one of the things that really, made a huge impact on me. This was young. I was young in my career, uh, working in an office environment, like corporate ish. And, um, like we were walking out one day and we were in the elevator with like the janitor and he knows the guy by name. How's your kids? How you been? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then we walk out and he stops and we were going somewhere together. And so he stops and he talks to the security guard, knows him by name. Like this dude's making, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year easy multi multi multi-millionaire right he sold five companies like this dude could be one of those guys easily who just like is better than everybody else because honestly his track record shows that he is but he he spent so much time with the security guard with the janitor knows their names when they came in and they were dumping out our trash he would like get it for him. And I mean, I'm just sitting there like I'm watching all this and I'm like, that's legit, bro. Like I respect that because you don't have to do that. And you're making an impact in that person's life. You're doing it for them, not for you. Right. And you don't have to, you're just doing it. And, and that to me is freaking awesome. And so I think that too often as employers, we view our employees as money makers and not people. And uh, I think I let go of that 
as early as maybe just a couple months ago. Like, uh, I think COVID forced me to like, I had the choice of having like a mental emotional breakdown or just being like all these people calling out from COVID and whatever else, like just being like, you know what? It just is what it is. Like we've just, my team does like this morning, Bree, you know, uh, she's the only one I got on the phone right now. And she texted in. So I called her and I said, are you okay? And she's like, mm, I don't feel good. And she's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, Brie, and she has an obsession with saying, I'm sorry anyway, but I'm like, Brie, why are you apologizing? Did you get yourself sick on purpose? She's like, no. I'm like, okay, listen, freaking pull up the covers, turn on Netflix, get you some water some coffee or whatever you want and freaking lay in bed and get better. You're fine. Like it's okay. We'll figure it out. And that's the answer, right? We'll figure it out. And it's, it's a lot harder to figure it out when you're four people than when you're like 16. But at the same time, I feel like that is the mentality that you have to have. Like you can either go kicking and screaming or you can embrace the challenge and make it work. And honestly, I don't feel like you really have a choice. You just got to try to make it work. And I think that plays a big role with the management team and the staff because you had said earlier, like, we look at things glass half full and, you know, people are treated like humans. I think that goes a long way. And I don't know that we were always like that. I don't know that I was always like that because, you know, money has been something that I've been trying to get in order here for a long time. It's no secret. I share the fact that I'm a big spender. And I like, we have a new building, I got a nice new showroom, so I'm spending. And so it's important that we create that revenue and we have the sales. And so when somebody's out, it affects that. But you literally have to play the long game. You cannot get caught up in the fact that somebody called in for a couple days because you're going to ruin that relationship for years to come because you pitch a fit because somebody called in. It's not worth it. Like you burn that bridge. You worry about what you can control and don't worry about what you can't. Exactly. What you can control is how you handle that that issue. Yeah. You can't you can't control the fact that the issue happened. Yeah. I mean, there's been conversations I've been a part of is like I mean, we had a conversation, I think it was yesterday. How how do you keep people from calling out? I don't think you do. Right? Like um I don't think you can prevent it, but you can help them have the want to come in. Yeah. Give them somewhere that they want to come to work at. Right. But no, stopping them from not feeling good and things like that, you can't fix that. But like you, like I said, control what you can control. Yeah. And, right. that's and you know, the employees, I mean, if the employees, it's different whenever you have someone calling out constantly. You know, if, if you have a good radio voice. Better than normal, right? It was really good. I, I was, I'm impressed. Like, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking how nice it is to have a female voice on the podcast, and you've got a really good radio voice. Maybe we should. DJ Tish. Okay, so there we go. Start Tish on the mic show. But we're very fortunate. I mean, and part of that comes in, I think, our interviewing and the employees. You know, we have employees who are dedicated and do not make a habit of calling out. So when they do call out, we know it's legit, and we, it helps us yeah. to respect that. That's true. Yeah. I agree. That's how you should be as an employee. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Nowadays, it is very, everybody it's, just. It's uh, a little more rare. And like I said, we're very lucky and fortunate. And part of that comes in, we, we try to keep the culture and we try to screen the employees to bring out because we don't want to, you know, have that effect on other employees. But, um, we're fortunate the ones that we are, they work out. And, yeah. You know, we can count on them. 
And I think as a, as an employer, you have to do a good job of like balancing it too. Right. So like if you have somebody calling in all the time, you sit down and talk to them about it and find out like there are people who go through just an extremely hard time in life. And they're in that stage where it's like drama just keeps coming. Right. And I know this because that was me when I was younger. Right. I was high maintenance. I've expressed to you some of the stuff I used to do when I was an employee. I was the worst employee ever. We probably wouldn't have hired you. You would not have hired me unless you needed big numbers. I produced, I was like, I was like Joe's numbers, but the worst employee that we've ever had. Like, I mean, I may, I, I make fun of it all the time. I'll probably made me bring him on the show too, my old general manager. But I, I used to have this like power thing where I, I knew I was, I knew I was the shiznit. So I freaking parked in his parking spot. I would get to work early just to park in his spot. And he would pull in and he'd park behind me. He'd come into the showroom. Ryan, where are you at? And I'd be like, I'm right here, bro. What's up? He's like, you're in my spot. I'm like, am I really? I'm like, bro, I get so confused with the parking spots here. And he's just like, I, it would eat him up. Like he would just get so angry. But that part of my life, like, there was just a lot of drama. So I would, like, call in. You know, he'd be like, are you sick? No. What's the problem? I'm just in my head, bro. I can't come in. He'd be like, bro, you are a freaking head case. I'm like, thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. And he'd be like, bye. I got fired from that place probably no less than eight times. But, but I, I, think, got- I think listening to your employees it would help out with that, too. So I know you do it a lot. But if you just think they're calling out because they don't give a crap, Maybe they're, like you said, they're in their head. They're going through some crap. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's better that they're not at work that day. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So maybe call them and be like, hey, man, what's going on? Do you want to talk? And that right there could fix it. And they could come to work the next day, the next five years without missing a day and be happy as it could be. Yeah. I think a lot of people underestimate, and I don't want to make, like, there's a thin line here, right? But there, there's more awareness now on mental and emotional stress than there ever has been. And as an employer, if you're not paying attention to that with your team, I think you're missing it because you have like sick days where like stuff's coming out of your nose and your eyes and you're sneezing and coughing. But you also have days where you just need a freaking break. Like it's hard and, you know, or your wife needs attention and it's been a little bit. And maybe you cause that on your personal time. That's what Saturday and Sunday's for. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree a hundred percent. But here's what my Saturdays and Sundays look like. My Saturdays and Sundays look like me running one kid somewhere and my wife running the other kid the other place. And then we see each other in crossing. So every once in a while, I'll go meet my wife for lunch or I'll come in late and, and uh, maybe go with her and take the kids and we'll go grab breakfast or something. Um, I don't do it as much as I should, but uh, that that type of thing can make a huge difference in a marriage. And then like go into like, we have all pro dads and I try to make all of them uh, where we go and uh, do all pro dads with the kids. And and that type of thing I think is super important and I don't have to miss work, but I miss the meetings. Um, and so I think it's important to communicate to your team that, Hey, listen, family is important. If you got an all pro dads at your school and your kid wants to go, bro, miss this 15 minute meeting and go do that because that's 45 minutes of time that is going to make a huge impact on your child's life. It's dedicated you and him. And I, I love that. Right. And so, um, 
I I lost my first wife, not death, but um, I didn't appreciate her. And I worked like six, seven days a week. And yes, maybe I'm a little bit of a workaholic, but at the same time, um, you can be a workaholic and find (laughs) Joe. You can be a workaholic and find opportunities to make your wife feel special. Right. And, and I think we can all do a better job of that on a regular basis and not just randomly every once in a while, but every little thing that you do like that, I think makes a difference. And so I'm learning this as I'm getting older and y'all pray for my wife. Cause I promise you, she has the toughest job of any person on the face of the earth, even more difficult than Elon Musk. I'm a hundred percent sure of it. Well, you now, have some other notes. Yeah. I was just, uh, some of it's kind of what I, reiterating what I'd already said, but as far as uh, having the team that wants to help you build that all-star team, we we preach ownership like crazy. Let them take ownership. Let them, and, and, and it also bounces back off what we were talking about, about micromanaging. If you set your team up for success, whether that be physical tools or, or mental tools or whatever, micromanaging shouldn't even be a topic. Right. Why, why if, if you've got a team that you feel like you got to micromanage, then you don't have a good team. Yeah. And that's or, not, that, you, don't get it confused. That's not like not doing quality control checks or, yeah. you know, not holding them accountable. That's micromanaging. And that's very, very different. Yeah. That's looking over someone's shoulder constantly trying to make sure that they don't do something wrong or whatever. And we want, we want people to maybe not fail drastically, but we want them to mess up. Because yeah. How did we all learn? Like, yeah. with, we didn't get to where we're at by not having any issues. So we do not come down on our guys for making mistakes as long as it wasn't like a, I'm not following process or I'm bucking the system. We used to have a lot of that. Yeah. Now we don't. And what's cool about it is, is when we, when I interview people, I tell them, listen, if you're not hardworking and positive and you want to come in here and contribute to the culture, I won't have to fire you. The team, Joe and the other guys, they're going to weed you out. Yep. I tell people that when I'm talking to them. And they're, you know, some people are like, oh, that's awkward. And some people are like, I freaking love that. Yeah. And I know with the people that say, I love that, they're in. Yeah. And I know the people that feel like that's awkward, they're scared they're going to get weeded out. So Some of them just aren't used to that. They haven't had it before. And they have to, like I said, come in and almost test it and live it for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to say. This is a... A company like no other. <laughs> like I, I definitely, the first month since the walls with you, Joe, and, and I'm curious sometimes, I, I think, like I said, with some people, you just have to come in and live it and learn to trust it. I, I'm curious if there's anything we could have done differently in the beginning there that might have reassured you mm, more. Good question. Or No. Just it was a simple uh, me holding on to my past. Um, I guess what could have been done was done. You know, Ryan get, dropped the ball kind of hard and was like, hey, man, if you don't want to be here, leave. Uh, That's hard, too, when you got someone like Joe who's such a great producer. And I think but it, said, I think the feeling has to was, be mutual. Yeah, I think your wording was, I've been in this situation before and it doesn't work out. And I realized that's when I messed up. I was like, no, 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 no. I want to be here. (laughs) I just, that was, that was the trigger in my head of, okay, I need to just, and I think I'll tell you the truth. I don't, 
think my wife's the only one that knows this. I think payday was the next day, or you you were sending the numbers up the next day. And when I saw the numbers, I was like, damn, I should have just shut my mouth for 15 more hours. And my wife said, just give them a chance. Let's see what they're going to do for you. So that's when I started, okay. And Tish has been on point ever since, and my stress level as far as the money's gone down weekly. So yeah, well, I think Ryan, you mentioned something really good too that um, you said that Ryan said we've been in this before and it hasn't always worked. That's something that as employers, when we're lo- looking at people, we have to not hang on to past experiences correct. just like you did yeah. from your previous employers. You know, we have to be look at the new employees too we can't always compare them to previous employees who didn't work well it's that's, that a, same. that's you gotta a get you your own show tisha you need your own show right a radio voice she does right it's all soft and sweet Ugh. she could do like a little soothing show where she like lullabies asmr <laughs> And for those of you guys who don't know, some of you guys have heard Austin. I've had Austin on the show before, but Tisha is Austin's mother. <laughs> I know Austin loves that when I do that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, anything y'all want to add before we wrap up? I think this is a good show and enough information to have uh, guys feel like they're moving in the right direction as far as, um, you know, just learning and getting better as employees and employers. I just want to say that I think the biggest success or reason that you're successful is the way, like, your old owner. You stay on that personal level with people. It makes them want to come to work. I know my wife has called in many a times sick, <laughs> unsick, because she just is sick of the place and the negativity, and, you know, that is a very valid reason to call in. Here, if I'm sick, I'm like team needs me i gotta be there i'll get there the positivity will bring me up so that's why aaron's is so successful because of the culture the environment and again like nothing i've ever seen and i think going back and those owners and those management teams that are worried about numbers so much where they're like oh you know you just need to make me you need to make your goal this month if you would concentrate more on your people the goals would almost come naturally but you got to have the right people. Yeah. So if you have the right people in the right place and the leadership genuinely cares about the people that work there, then it works. But we've cared about people yeah. who've worked here that didn't care that we cared. Yeah. Right. So, and didn't appreciate that. So I think that that's, that's important too. And for me, I've never been so happy with the team that we've got. And I know everybody wants to come to work and everybody has a good time. So I don't worry when people call in, like, you know, and I don't want them feeling guilty either, right? And one thing that I'm trying to change for myself is, you know, I'll find out about things too late sometimes and I'll be like, hey, why didn't you come to me? And they're like, well, you're busy. And I'm like, oh, no, no. Like, then I've failed you. If, if, if I haven't established the fact that I'm never too busy, if you need something and you're serious about it and you tell me, Hey, I really need to talk to you right now. I'll shut this podcast off right now and we'll have the conversation. But I do present myself as being too busy a lot of times. And I'm trying to do a better job of that. Tish is like, yes, she took a sip of her coffee to keep quiet, I guess. But, um, 
but that is that is a challenge. I mean, if you look at my calendar, it's like one meeting to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, and it's like back, 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 back all day. And at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't eat lunch. I haven't used the bathroom. And so the team sees me just running around like that, and I think they think, I don't want to bother them. But in reality, there's probably not a meeting that I have during the day that's more important than Joe or Josh or Tisha. And so, uh, but I think the way that as leaders that we do a better job with that is we pay attention to the little things and we um, we we uh, do a better job of responding to emails when Tisha emails me. Like this is a humbling moment right here because I know Tisha's holding <laughs> or me calls account. or texts. Yeah. So I, I, I've got to do a better job always. We're always improving and trying to get better, right? And so um, that's something in 2022 that's on my list of I want every team member in our company to never feel like Josh is too busy or Ryan's too busy for me or Tish is too busy for me. And part of that is like decluttering the calendar and intentionally planning time to be free. And that's something I've never done before. I told Tamara, and Tish is making notes right now. She's like, hold Ryan accountable to having free time. Today's Um, the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things that I'm trying to do is um, I'm trying to get better at that because I'm tired of hearing employees tell me, I didn't tell you because you were too busy or I didn't um, want to bother you. I didn't want to bother you. And what, what I need them to understand is they are the most important component of the entire part. Like all these meetings I can do without them. I'm as a matter of fact, I'd probably prefer to do without them, but I'm, I'm planning, I'm learning, I'm growing. And I think if, if we're all working together to try to get better individually and as a group, I think it works out well. I should just take my mentality and not care. I'm going to call you and text you until you call me <laughs> right. back. I don't care what right. you're doing. I yep. need you now. Yep. <laughs> Something I want to add to uh, Josh said about owners only worrying about the money. For me and for most of the t- service techs, good service techs that I know throughout the past, it is extremely, extremely important that personal life and work life is good. If you have that stress placed upon your guys, money, 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 Customers can see that, and you guys are only trying to get that money instead of build that rapport and, and do true customer service. 100%. If your head's not 100% there, your day is, is, is gone. I had one yesterday. So, But I've told my wife, I've told my friends, like, hey, your personal life has to be on point. You cannot come to work at 75% because... You know, I understand things happen, your kid's sick or something like that, but the the fact of people just worried about the money drives you guys down because they're stressed. When you're stressed, you're not 100%. So then you're just sitting there trying to get these big tickets. Customers can see it, and then they're yep. not You're trying it. to sell things and, and push you, packages that and then you mentally aren't in the best interest. Spiral downhill. Down. So that's that, that's this whole environment is what makes everybody – successful love it well guys there it is um you guys met tisha i announced on the last podcast if you didn't hear it that we are working on trying to create tours here that's right (laughs) tisha is gonna kill it y'all she's gonna be so good um 
and I'm going to let her kind of put her own little spin on it. She's got the radio voice, so you guys get to hear her. And uh, she does say some little country things like fixing and what is it? She, she it drives her crazy. I don't know. Why are by pick so <laughs> We're not picking. We think it's cute. Picking. So, yeah, she's rubbing off on me. Oh picking. Cause you, it's cause she drops it the G on everything. It's like uh, picking, fixing. It's an apostrophe in. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Georgia born and bred. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, we're going to be opening that up in the near future. Be on the lookout. Uh, but that's going to be something that I'm super passionate about because one of the things that's helped me learn so much is going to other dealers. And I try to do that like once a year, but COVID put a little damper on some of that. Uh, and so I'm going to continue to do that. I'm getting back into that routine this year. And then uh, we're going to start having people come in. It's going to be affordable. Um, and you can come in and we'll give you the tour and the whole bit. And it's going to be really fun. We're pretty excited about it. And we also are recording behind the scenes to also show what what we've got. I think I've been a part of some pretty special cultures at different employers I've been blessed to have that and I've been uh, also in bad cultures, but I always wish we could get back to that. Like I've been craving that culture that we had at the software company for so long. And for the first time, I feel like we have something very similar here at Aaron overhead doors. And if I could have documented it there, I would have. And so now I want to document it. I want, I want people to see it. I want to share it. I want other companies to improve I want and the, I want the whole industry to step up their game and get better. And then people might see stuff on there that they can call me and be like, "Hey, you could do this better, or you could do that better." And and that is what we're all about. So I'm a little bit transparent and open with things on stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, hope you guys enjoy it. And if you guys are interested in coming in and meeting Josh, myself, possibly Joe, and Tisha, and getting the tour and asking questions about how we do things and how we created the culture that we've got. Be on the lookout. We'll be announcing it soon and opening up first registration for the first group. And we'll be doing, right now we're looking at one a quarter. Uh, so we're looking at uh, late March, early April. And we will let you guys know as soon as we find out. Hope you guys stay safe. Anything y'all want to add? We're good. A pleasure being here. Look there. AOD. <laughs> Glad to have you. Have a good day. All right. Be safe.